the recording studio at Wimberley Road, welcome to Extraordinary Joes, where we tell the extraordinary stories of ordinary people, just like you and me. Each week, we'll sit down with a special guest and hear the story of their life, career, and lessons they've learned along the way. After spending some time with our guest, you just might realize that your next extraordinary story is well within reach. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's get started. All right, Extraordinary Joes is back and excited to welcome our first guest of the new season, Jimmy Gunnerman. Jimmy, thanks for uh, sitting down and joining us today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I've heard a lot about Extraordinary Joes and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's excited to get a get a little call from you letting uh letting me know that i i can be an extraordinary joe too so <laughs> thanks for uh thanks for having me jimmy we're gonna start today with i uh, didn't prep you for this uh we're gonna start today with a game of overrated or underrated okay also like to let you know that you can choose uh appropriately rated as well okay three options okay all right let's start off easy say uh overrated underrated skittles uh definitely overrated uh, they're, they're, I'm, I'm not a big fan of like the, the sugary stuff. Chocolate is the way to go. Um, and Skittles just, uh, just doesn't do it for me. All right. Overrated, underrated man purse. Man purses. <laughs> I don't even think that we should be rating <laughs> man purses. Like that isn't even a thing. Like okay. a man purse is not a thing. If you are a dude that has a purse that could be considered anything even a satchel then i think that you need to uh I, I came in with a satchel today is this is this count no that's a that's a leather briefcase okay okay good <laughs> so so yeah so i i can't even begin to discuss uh man purses they're they're not actually a thing okay hard pass on the, the man purse right right okay uh overrated underrated flip-flops oh definitely like uh they're definitely rated perfectly properly they're, rated yeah they're properly rated like if you're especially if you're on st simon's island and you are walking around with uh with boots on uh you're you're not getting into the vibe of of you know this community you yeah know? so you, you definitely need to have a pair of sandals or two nice all right overrated underrated uh the tandem bicycle for couples Oh, that's definitely underrated. <laughs> okay, have you been on a tandem bike? Never, <laughs> never. And that's a, that's what I think. Like, I don't, I don't think a lot of people know about it. But if you're thinking of creative ways of spending time with your with your wife or your husband, I mean, why not go out there and be a little silly and you know try something new? I, I would I would care to guess that or dare to guess. Uh, I don't know if it's Either you know. One. Yeah, so that a lot of people haven't actually tried that yet, and so I think it'd definitely be a, a neat experience. Yeah, so underrated for sure. Overrated, underrated, old school wrestling, uh, and old school for me is like you know you got uh, Hulkamaniac and uh, what is it, uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, taking yeah. it back. Yeah, see, I never got into that stuff. Okay, uh, so I, I may not be the right guy to ask, and I know I could upset a lot of people, but. You know, it just wasn't my bag. You know, right. I, I I couldn't tell you other than like The Rock, uh, right. yeah, yeah uh, what WrestleMania was all about. It yeah. was just a bunch of sweaty guys that were rolling around <laughs> on a mat pretending to, you know, pin each other, and with their man purses. Unsure, I don't know. Unsure of how to race. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Overrated, underrated. Uh, the a water park. Oh, that, they're definitely underrated. Water parks are, are fantastic, especially if you have kids. Um, I spent a lot of time at Whitewater in Marietta, okay. Georgia, growing up, and you could have a fantastic time sliding down those slides. I mean, it was a lot of fun. It's where you can experience a lot of individual freedom as a young man too. Yeah. Like you're you're kind of running around with your with your buddies, and you can get you know the Dippin' Dots, which uh, you know. Uh, let me let me yeah. let me Ice throw that at future. you. Yeah, is it a uh, overrated or underrated? Dippin' Dots. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. Okay. I actually think that Dippin' Dots were overrated when I was a child because they were gonna be the, they were gonna be the ice cream of the future. I think they missed. I think they missed on that because <laughs> here we are in the future. Now I think they might be underrated because people have they, they didn't make it to where they thought, and people have maybe forgotten about them a little bit. They're no longer pumping themselves up as the ice cream of the future. Now I may I think maybe they're underrated. It's a really good. It's a nice treat. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It, it's just always like a to me. It's like a little bit of a scam because you're not getting as much ice cream in there. And no. as a kid, like they weighed very little. Yeah. And so when you like dig in there and you get it caught in your in your spoon and then you're pulling it up, like when it finally pops free, like all your dipping dots you go some. flying. And by the time you make it back to your seat, it's melted a little bit and you realize it's not the same as normal ice cream. No. So all those little dots and yeah. they've melted, there's not much left. They're gone. You got to get yeah. after it pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, speaking of uh, water parks, overrated or underrated, the Lazy River. Oh, I love it. Now, I, I will put a little caveat in here. I think it is the Lazy River is the world's uh, biggest uh, toilet. Okay. <laughs> because I think that people go in there and they get a little lazy because uh, they don't want to go to the bathroom. <laughs> okay. So I'm not saying I've ever done that, but I'm just saying um, I have known a few people that you know have admitted to that. And so I, I kind of stay away from the Lazy River. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so overrated? Overrated. Okay. Overrated is a place to relax because you're worried about what's going on in the laser room. Yeah, I'm worried about people relaxing a little too much. Uh, overrated, underrated, uh, cruise ship travel. Oh, it depends on the on the cruise line. Okay. So, are you, you, have are you been you cruising? A, no, I never have. Are you a, a cruise ship aficionado? No, I wouldn't say I'm an aficionado, but I would say that there are definitely differences between cruise lines. So, um, I would stay away from Carnival. Uh, okay. Sorry for all the carnival fans out there. You can definitely get a low rate, but it is slam packed um, and just, you know, a little bit crazy. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a family environment. If you got a, if you have a family and you're trying to do something fun, you know, I would uh, definitely say Royal Caribbean's the way to go. Okay. But, but we're about to go on one with uh, Norwegian, so it's a little bit of a older demographic there okay. which i kind of like you know just a little bit slower pace um and so yeah so i would definitely say underrated the cruise cruise uh, cruise lines underrated mm. okay all right thanks for playing along jimmy let's uh let's dive back into the much less important uh topics of conversation um so start off jimmy and tell us a little bit about um your current role and then we'll kind of we'll work back from there i know you're with the gathering place uh here in glenn county yeah can you expand a little bit about uh on what you're doing now and then we'll 
talk a little bit about how you got here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm currently the executive director of uh, the Glen County Office Gathering Place. Um, many people in the Glen County area have grown up um, knowing and attending Gathering Place events, and it's been around for 41 years since 1981. And so um, it is... Uh, uh, a organization that helps build uh, young leaders, the next generation, um, with uh, Christian principles um, as well as other leadership principles. And so we uh, endeavor through our programs to, you know, just help see kids succeed in life, whatever whatever the Lord is calling them to. And and so it's been a, a, a neat place to be for the past five years. Um, and um, and so uh, I love seeing what the Gathering Place does within our community. I want to come back to to hear more about that. Can can you? Because I I don't know um, the whole James Gunderman story. Can you start sort of from the beginning, not the very beginning, but sort of the adult beginning? I know there's a some firefighting in there. There's some some uh, world travel. There's yeah. some small business ownership. Can you kind of take me on sort of the uh, the journey that led you to here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a uh <laughs> it's a, I'd say it's a long journey. I feel like I'm, I'm getting old now. Um, but, um, so I guess it just always goes back to growing up in a church. I, I went to a church in, in Kennesaw growing up, Kennesaw, Georgia. Um, and, uh, that's where, um, I had a great group of people that we, uh, encouraged one another in the Lord. Um, it's where I became passionate about the Lord. Um, it's also where I met my, uh, at that time, uh, my future wife, uh, Melanie. And so it was, um, it was definitely a special time to, to connect with young people who just, we just talked about, about God. We, uh, we did things together that were, um, honoring the Lord. And so it was, it was definitely a special time. But it's also where, you know, I felt led to work full, full-time vocationally at a church. So um, I grew up uh, in high school. I was uh, essentially given the opportunity to lead middle school students, middle school boys, my wife, uh, middle school girls um, on, you know, our Wednesday nights. Um, and after our student pastor, who was there for a while, uh, had left, we kind of took over the student ministry for a bit. Uh, but that led to, you know, some some other jobs uh, at at churches. So I was in uh, Noonan for a while, um, went to um, uh, South Carolina and Sumter, South Carolina. So uh, it's a neat place to be um, and uh, came back and actually worked as a student pastor at the church uh, that I grew up in um, many years, many years later. So that was neat. Um, and, uh, all the while, um, in, in between that, I became a, a firefighter, worked, uh, worked as a firefighter for, uh, six years and, um, just really felt the, the leading to, I originally wanted to become a firefighter to have a medical background. I wanted a bridge to nursing, um, that we could then take overseas and, and be a missionary, a medical missionary overseas. Um, but, uh, one thing led to another, and instead, uh, the Lord um, led me to uh, be with a, a good friend. We started a, a company and um, to fund nonprofit. So uh, it's a nonprofit ministry in uh, Kenya uh, that does stuff in the slums of Nairobi, so feeds children. 
and um, and so that's that's still going on. Feeds about three thousand kids every every school day, um, which is neat. Um, and so went over to uh, Kenya a good a good bit. But but all that to say is is that you know when we were doing this ministry, we we felt the need to not always ask people to fund it. Like we wanted to we wanted to kind of be self sustaining. So we started a business to fund the nonprofit. Well, it turns out the Lord blessed it, and we did really well, and um, and so grew in a marketing company um, that uh, also originated mortgages. And uh, sounds so boring, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. So, <laughs> but, you, but let me ask you. So, you started. You you got this um, nonprofit going. You've seen some success, and then you decide, sort of, not to follow the maybe the common mold of constantly asking for donations and contributions so you start a business with the sole purpose of trying to fund this uh organization yeah yeah so that so that's the the goal wasn't not to um ask for for partnerships um because in a nonprofit world you want people that believe in your mission that want to partner with you uh both with their time and finances um but sometimes uh you want to also be tent makers as well um and what I mean by that is Paul made tents and did ministry. He made tents, sold tents to be able to fund what, what the Lord. He, the original tent guy. Yeah, the, he, he is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I never thought of it that way. Um, but, but yeah, so some it, it allowed us to do a little bit more. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is we could fund all the administrative costs uh, with what we did as a business. And so it made it so much easier to say, to a potential donor, hey, if you want, if you believe in our mission, you've seen what we're doing, 100% of everything that you give, 100% is going towards food for a kid, and uh, that made that made the the um, partnership a little bit easier mm. for some people because you know I, I think you know and everyone's been been asked to support something. There's there's a million missions out there. Um, but you have to find the ones that are actually doing the most good and and are using your dollars that you're that you're giving for what they're saying they're using. Yeah. So uh, they're using it for. So uh, that's what I that's what we wanted to align ourselves with. That's still what I align myself with now. You know, with the gathering place. And so it's a it's a it was a neat opportunity um, to be able to do that. And uh, it kind of carried over for some other things in life. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So work in the church firefighter start your company start your nonprofit. did you come here from from there no um well we we actually we moved overseas okay um so there was a time in which i had to uh, go to my business partner and say hey listen uh i'm unsatisfied <laughs> i thought i was going to go back into full-time vocational ministry at a church uh the lord closed those doors pretty quickly um and we had uh our, our family, see, our two youngest were probably about, they were less than one, like, uh, and we were going over to go visit some friends who lived in India. Um, just wanted to encourage them, wanted to see their lives, wanted to bring them some stuff, you know, just bless them a little bit. And uh, went over there for a while, um, and it was the hottest part of the year in India, Um it, it was miserable. Uh, Jubilee got eaten alive by my daughter, my youngest daughter, Jubilee. She got eaten alive by mosquitoes. It looked like she had chicken pox. 
Um, so, and but we loved um, seeing our friends. We loved their mission. We loved the people that they were engaging with. But I can remember going on on I seventy five from Atlanta Airport, going back home, and uh, and just saying, "Lord, thank you so much for not calling me to India." <laughs> 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 and uh, and it's true. You have to be careful about you know what we think are God's plans in our lives because it wasn't long after that where our friends reached out and they were like, Hey, we really want you to be a part of this. And I was like, there's no way my wife is going to go along with this. But I'll, I mean, like, yeah, like, I, yeah. I, like I'll, I'll definitely ask her to see interest. And as soon as I asked her, I was like, Hey, kind of feeling like, you know, well, we got asked to, to go move and, and, you know, be a partner in ministry overseas. Um, and I kind of feel like, we need to do this. She was like, okay. And so she said, okay. I was like, no, like, no, wait, 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 hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's to be a little bit harder, <laughs> you know, but no, she, the Lord had been speaking to her about it. And, and that's so interesting. I don't know if this is how it is for you, but just kind of, um, whenever there's big moments and even small moments, but, uh, for our family, you know, I always have these big ideas and I don't want to go and pursue them. And, but the Lord just uses, uh, Melanie, my wife, as a, as a mm. litmus test, and uh, she's usually right on those things. Yeah. I don't know if that's how it was yeah. for you, and, yeah. and you know, kind of Con- some transitions that you've been through, you know, yeah. professionally and constant, it, constant reminders um, of the Lord's goodness and um, uh, you know, sort of calling to trust uh, from Jennifer for sure. So yeah, that's that's neat. That's neat. Mm. She's definitely. Um, a vessel uh, for that for, for me and our family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's neat how how the Lord knows what He's doing, putting yeah. you together, and that's and, right. You know, unique giftedness, and um, yeah. So with with my wife, I I I know that I would be be sunk. Right, <laughs> I would have right. made so many bad, and I mean, just so many poor decisions uh, yeah. without her wisdom. So, so yeah. So we we ended up moving over over to India, and. Um, so it was, it was great. We did a lot of uh, different types of ministry, um, businesses, mission there. Um, and um, it, the, the businesses mission that my, my wife was working with helped employ uh, marginalized women. Um, so lower caste system women. Uh, and uh, there was a training center. They were able to um, teach them different, different skills and then, uh, the ones that did really well, they hired. So there was about 80, 80 women. And uh, and there was a, a nice business that was made out of that. I worked with um, transgender prostitutes, actually, um, with an uh, Indian couple that was just doing a great work out there and still is. Um, and so I had no um, prior experience with what the – what their mission was uh and so they taught me a lot and um, i thought it was a it was a great opportunity so essentially what they did was they would go and to uh, different brothels uh, uh within the, the city where we lived and they would pray for um these uh prostitutes and um it, it was it was interesting to see kind of the sex trafficking situation that was going on there where there's a lot of young kids that had been essentially either sold uh, into this type of, uh, of, of lifestyle, grew up within a, almost essentially like a gang, yeah. and then, and then uh, being used to, to, to collect money. 
And so, um, so that was very heartbreaking. But the the Lord did some some great stuff uh, there. We we saw um, some a lot of a lot of transition uh, with with some of the some of the uh, men that we were working with. But uh, he taught me great principles out there. It was when you felt like that there was nothing you could do. Your hands were tied. That there was injustice happening, and no one was coming to help. How how much prayer actually means that prayer is is moving and that can be cliche to say you know especially in our culture uh where it's just like oh yeah hey buddy i'll pray for you you yeah yeah um but if you didn't see god moving and you didn't believe god was was moving in prayers it's really a hopeless situation at Mm. times and so um just praying and praying and praying and seeing the Lord move. And, and so it was really, it was really neat um, experience uh, and growth and faith as it relates to how the Lord chooses to work among his people through the prayers yeah. of the saints. And so what was the hardest, if you could, I mean, if you could name one, like what was the biggest challenge for you in that season? Well, there's a lot of challenges. I mean, obviously there's um, the, the culture shock. So that's not, it's no surprise that India is, is vastly different than the West. Um, and then, you know, um, worldview is, is a, is a very, uh, real thing and people don't know that they have a worldview. Um, especially people who have not traveled a, a good bit, um, don't know that there is, there are ways of living life that are different and good. Right. Than how we are living life here in the West. And I'm not knocking the West. Like, I think that there's, I mean, good gracious, like uh, the Lord has used the, the West to mainly uh, fund ministry overseas for, for a very long time. Um, and the church in the West is, is, is amazing. Um, but at the same time, too, like, um, there are things that, Christians, our brothers and sisters in Christ in Eastern culture, are doing that I'm. I just, I just love. Uh, for instance, I'll get. I'll give you an example. Like, um, it was. It's not uncommon to have someone just come to your house and stay. Uh, like our, our our next door neighbors' kids would come into our house all the time, and we didn't even know that they were coming in. They'd come in. You know, Mel, my wife, and my my kids would draw pictures with them. They were um, Muslim background. Um, and we would, we would do, uh, draw pictures of stories of, of, of Jesus with them as a, as a ministry. And it was great. Um, so, and then there, we'd have people that would, that would invite us over to their house and, and we would stay, you know, for forever, you know, it's like great conversation, great food. Yeah. Um, uh, church was fantastic. Like we'd have a service and then, we'd invite people back to the, the pastor's house and the entire church would gather into this small space. They're not complaining that it's hot. There's not complaining that there's not enough places to sit or that the kids are being too loud. And, and they would ask questions about what they had heard and it would last for a long time. And they're sincere questions and no one was disgruntled. I mean, it was, it was, it was really neat to see. Um, and so that there, there is a, there is a sense of family and a sense of, uh, being a, a neighbor, what it means to be a good neighbor, that I think sometimes we can miss here um, just because we're so busy. Yeah. We're so busy. I mean, like, how many people do you know that have that travel with baseball and right. they travel almost every day or soccer or, or, or cheerleading or whatever it is, and 
they don't even have enough time to sit down with their family and eat dinner together, let alone have time to be spontaneous and be with their neighbors and just say, hey, we'd, we'd love to get, to get to get together with you yeah. uh, tomorrow. Oh, I can't do right. it. I got baseball. I can't do it Thursday because I got yeah. – you know, and, and so it just shows like a, a difference in, in really in worldview. Um, and so, um, so yeah, so that's just, a uh, something off the top of my head that was, that was a little bit different over there, um, than here. Yeah. Looking back at your, I mean, I, I want to say for young people, but I, I actually think it's relevant for, for everyone is sometimes it, you know, we make decisions about career and personal life and, you know, we want to be sure about what it leads to. We want to be sure how it's connected. You know, we want it to build to whatever the next thing is. How did you make sort of make these decisions that seemingly are are very different? You know, you're in a church, you're a firefighter, you start a business, then you're in India, mm-hmm. and then you're back to ministry. Mm-hmm. Is there is there sort of a common thread for you or an encouragement you could have that you could toss out for people who sort of struggle with connecting this path along the way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that there are many people, particularly within, you know, a Christian community that think that big decisions are supposed to be written in the sky somewhere. Like, you're going to lay out your fleece, and the Lord is going to direct you uh, and, and tell you in a dream that you are supposed to do this or that. And, um, you know, while I don't, I, I don't um, criticize necessarily people that do that, that's not the way that, that I, I, my hermeneutic um, understands the scripture as it relates to what we're supposed to do next. And it's not the way that God has operated in my life. Yeah. Um, so I think that God has given us um, his, his uh, natural revelation. We can go outside, we can see trees, we can see creation, we can know that there's a God. And that's 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 amazing. Um, I mean, it's particularly in a place where we live, where with the ocean, you know, every wave that crashes on the shore is ordained by God, and He's moving. But natural revelation isn't enough to understand His His nature and His character, um, and that's why He gives us His special revelation. He gives us His Word, mm-hmm. and as believers, we're supposed to be uh, in His Word to see who He is. And through seeing who he is and how he acts and how he tells us to be, how we are to be uh, good Christian citizens and how we are supposed to uh, live life and make decisions. And so we're to make decisions with wisdom. He gives us all the tools we need to. Um, and so I think that when you're presented with a choice to do this or do that, you can seek just wisdom. God has given you tools for that. Yeah. And then you, and, and part of that, too, is also having wise counsel. Um, so... What do I mean by that? So you have Christian community that can help instruct you. So let's just say you were wanting to say, you know what, Jimmy, like uh, I'm, I'm with a tent guy. Like I've, I've made this business, like, but I want to leave it all behind. I really feel like the Lord is calling me uh, to be a, uh, a, a singer, a pop singer <laughs> in a boy band, <laughs> you know, and will you join me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Like it, it's, just, it's just you, like you're, you're really feeling led to do this. Right. And, uh, you know, in, instead of 
me saying, oh, Brian, I think you just, you just chased your dreams. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to look at your giftedness as your brother, uh, and I'm going to say, you know what, Brian? Like, you may want to reconsider that and use wisdom. <laughs> you don't have – I don't know if you have the best voice, but you don't have the best voice in the world. Let's, let's just yeah, – we're let's just playing just the game. There. Yeah. You know? Um, so it probably wouldn't be wise for you to do that. You got Christian counsel. God has, has talked to us about that, you know, yeah. in the Bible. So – so for me to make these decisions, um, just use Christian counsel. Like there was, we we had visited India prior. Um, we were with other believers. Uh, they saw my gifts. I saw what they were doing. Uh, I felt like you know they were doing things that um, were honoring the Lord. Um, did I see that it was lining up with my giftedness? Sure. Um, how did we get to the point where we had to sell everything and and move? Well, there was also other Christian other Christians in our community that were like, I feel like you'd be really good at this. Yeah. We were getting encouragement for that. Um, and then when we would take a step, God would confirm it. We take another step, God we would confirm it. Um, and so um, I, I feel like sometimes you just got to do it. Sure. You know, just just act the miracle, right? Yeah. Like, Is it fair to say, I mean, share how you believe uh, on this topic, but that you don't, you know, some people like to play, pray for clarity, mm. right? They want bring the picture into view so I can be sure. And I'm, I, I'm smiling. I'm not trying to make fun of this, but so that I can be sure, because I've done this, that this is exactly right. I want to know that this is the move. But what you're saying, it sounds like to me, is like, we move a little bit and we get a little confirmation and our faith grows a little bit. We kind of keep moving into it, but there's not some, this uh, necessarily always this definitively. I know this is going to work out. Is that fair to say? Right. I mean, like there is a thing called faith and you can believe, you know, sure. and there's future grace for, for things that you do. Uh, you may not have the grace to, you know, believe that you are supposed to take the next step. Until you get to the, in, until right. you get to a point where you must take the next step and you must decide. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, like I think that there, are, that there's just wisdom. Like you, you, there's not always just one option. Yeah, you can choose. Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost as if like we have the ability to, <laughs> you know, make some choices in life. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, I, w I would say that that's not always the case, uh, that that is that your your next step is going to be very clear all the time. Yeah. You use you use, uh, use wisdom. Uh, you, you use the word of God. Um, you use people who are around you. Uh, we even talked about this. Our, our wives are are yeah. are, are great uh, sounding boards. And we've learned to trust um, their, you know, what, what the Lord is, is, is speaking to them. And, and so all those things, I think, play, play a big part. All right. So kind of inching back toward your current role. Um, what, what would you say to, I feel like, you know, I, so I work with you guys in the summertime with your, with your interns uh, for the Purpose Project. And one of the things that we try to encourage is that, you know, we don't have to hit a home run with our, our next plan or even like our life, you know, it doesn't have to be some grand uh, accomplishment that, that from a certain perspective, 
what would you say to to a young person but again even even someone our age who feels like they got you know if they're not going to india if they're not you know uh known if they're not making some big move that they're not doing enough or that they're constantly searching for that big impact that they can make how do you respond to that perspective yeah yeah I, i get this a lot um because i feel like the the word and generation um, of young people that are very experiential in nature. So um, when they are when they are worshiping, they get they have to you know uh, feel something very deeply, um, or it's not really worship. Or um, you know if they are going to that when if, if they're going to do something with their life, it has to have great deep meaning on a on a huge scale and i would say that, th- that those aren't bad things to seek after but i would also say that it's probably a little bit misguided in the sense of um what if we had a generation of people like instead of like a uh, a young man who's who, who thinks that he has to go overseas to serve the lord well in the most unreached people groups and you know uh, there is people getting saved and, and turning to the Lord, which is all great, right? But what if we began to instill in, in this young man's mind, what is it like to be a great husband? Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of impact would it make if you were a fantastic father? Mm-hmm. And if you were able to do those things, like if you were working towards those things, that is a big miracle. Like so, it's like, kind of like a paradigm shift. It's kind of like a world view shift where you're you're seeing the value of these wonderful opportunities that the Lord has given, and you are chasing after those things with passion. Yeah. So yeah, right for sure. When I when I was still teaching and I'm still coaching basketball, we had a volunteer at our school, and he was there enough that you know everybody got to know him and. Um, respected him and I, I at some point he re- learned that I was a coach and he goes you coach I said yeah he goes that's a big deal and I was like you know I've been doing it 10 or 12 years and of course I thought there's things that I did that were important and I, I was passionate about it but I was like yeah you know he goes, no that's a big deal and um, I think about that a lot that came to mind with what you're saying it's like we particularly when we're mentoring or teaching or bringing these kids up, like, I think we miss on that. Yeah. So like, what, how can we be better as whatever you want to call it, the church, adults, mentorship, whatever it is, whatever you want to categorize, how can we be better in highlighting those areas where it's like, you know, teaching people that they can be sort of secretly awesome or hum- humbly awesome in these roles that matter rather than constantly seeking this, the big deal, the, the, the big thing that society says, or the big thing in our, that we feel like we have to accomplish. Like just do it at home. Yeah. 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 Well, and look, I, I, I will say I'm guilty of, of, of like those feelings at times too. Right. Like I wanting to do or be more and missing out on what's right in front of me. Oh, sure. I mean, we, we, we all are. I mean, that's the, that's the reason that we have a need for grace and, and, 
you know, we, we walk in grace. But again, like, there, there's, that, there's that verse in, that Paul talks about. It says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? So, like, you do it, Brian. You work it out. Like, you see that you need to be a, a better leader at home. You see you need to be a better coach or a better business owner. Like, like working out your salvation. And I know, you know, that Paul was not necessarily talking about like your business, but, but maybe like the whole Christian life, you know, as it relates to you being um, subservient to, to, to God in your life, that you are, that he, you're under his lordship. You go do it. You see a need. That's the Lord of your life saying you do better. Right. But he doesn't leave it there. He says, worry about your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to act according to his good purpose. So which one is it, God? Like, am I doing the work or are you doing the work? Which, which one is it? I'm, I'm really confused. And, uh, and there is a phrase Again, I, I even mentioned it earlier in the podcast. It's stuck stuck in my mind recently, but John Piper is saying, "You work the miracle." So, in instances where we're asking ourselves, "How can we be better?" Well, we have to we have to first understand that any prompting to be better is grace from God. It's it's a gift from God uh, that we would look to Him, and then we go and we do it. We don't expect anyone else to uh, be the the leaders of our homes or. Right. Um, I don't want anyone else to, to pour into some, to my, to my son or my girls more than me. Yeah. I get that opportunity. That's mine. Right. And so I want to do it. I'm not casting that off upon anyone else. And so I think part of that is just realizing that we need grace and that as believers, grace is given and we need to act the miracle. Mm. Um, so, but, but along those lines, like, let me ask you a question. What? Hey, 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 what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you talked about being a coach, being awesome. Like, maybe. I, well, I didn't say I was awesome. Someone else was telling me that he thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. It is awesome, and you're awesome. <laughs> um, but maybe, maybe one of the re- one of the ways that we can be better is by emulating someone um, who has done it well, who has yeah. coached well. Can you remember a coach that like really transformed you? I had, I had a lot, I, you know, I have a lot of people and, and I won't, I won't, um, I won't, uh, you know, kind of shrink the group to just coaches, but I think it's one of the things that I want to get better at. Um, so I'm going to answer your question, but one of my, one of my biggest challenges is I feel like I, I have really good ideas about things. I got a book in my my brain right now that I want to get out and um, a lot of these concept stories of the purpose project. And I'm like, like, am I good enough to, to communicate this in the way that I feel like will lead to change, you know? And I, 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 we can, we don't need to break that down too much, but that's one of my challenges is like, this concept is fantastic. I'm not saying it's mine. This lesson like needs to be learned, man. I hope I can communicate it in a way that that is meaningful that 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 impacts people you know so this is one of these ideas that i've tried desperately to communicate through purpose project uh, like on purpose not not the purpose right evelyn oliver was my preschool sunday school teacher and and had a huge impact like 
so what did she what did she do she just loved on me you know until i was until she passed i was it was in college probably maybe out of college every time i came home to go come back to my childhood church find miss oliver billy gomez was the same way she raised kids her whole life um and then you'd go you know al brown was a deacon in my church uh I don't want anybody who listens to be offended if I leave them out, but like Brent Hansen was my it's like my little league coach, your sort of prototypical um, little league coach all the way growing up. I mean, so there's just all these Scarlet Star. I've told stories about her before. Who, um, when I was like a 12 year old knucklehead, called me a gentle man. I told you that story. So all these people who are like sort of quietly. Um, leading their lives in a way that is meaningful you know that is impactful that these are sort of quiet heroes um does that, does that answer your question now that you turn the tables on me yeah yeah i mean and so so you remember those things even now i mean you you can go back and, and i can see it in your eyes like it's still impactful yeah and so i don't want to interrupt you but that when i get back to what i was saying is that is one of the things that I'm like desperate to communicate when I'm doing Purpose Project, communicating young people is, is like, uh, what do you believe in? What do you, what do you value? Who do you want to be? How do you want to impact? And it can happen. It's such a micro, um, sort of a, a micro level in terms of like, and not at scale, right? Not not micro like it doesn't mean anything, but not at scale. Not a billboard and be on TV. Not to have a podcast. You don't have to. No one has to know about it. You know, I, I could be wrong, but like, I, I did this at Purpose Project. Like, who? I was like, nobody knows who Brent Hansen is. Some girl was like, I know who Brent Hansen was. But he was her Sunday school teacher. Like, who knows Evelyn Oliver outside of St. Simon's? I don't. You know, she's she's just living the Evelyn Oliver life. So Scarlet Star, I was like, these people just live in their life and, and, and plug it into people in a meaningful way. It's like, we can all do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. And, and, and I, it, and you asked the question, like you, well, you're saying that you asked the question when you do purpose project, like, well, who do you want to be? Like how many, how many people like would be able to, if you looked them in the eye and said, hey, who do you want to be? Right. Even now, like, would they really know? Yeah. And I think the ways that we can get glimpses of those is, are through people that we want to emulate that are around yeah. us and, and take different, uh, different aspects from, from these people um, and, and emulate them. Yeah. Um, I had a coach in high school, my high school soccer coach, old Coach Vigor. <laughs> coach Vigor was – Full of energy, right? <laughs> like so, he he was this uh, New Jersey, uh, very uh, curt, very uh, uh, you know, strong worded uh, individual that would come down to this uh, Southern high school um, in Cobb County and transform the team. I mean, he took a bunch of young men that really had no discipline. And through a lot of, uh, of uh, work, uh, taught, taught, a lot of coaches taught work ethic, um, yelled a lot. Like, yeah. But really, I think the thing that transformed us the most was the fact that he didn't coddle us. Right. He made us responsible. Mm. Um, and I still look at um, times 
in my life now that I, I think, I mean, I got to get through this, like, and I want to quit. And then I look back and like, oh no, like yeah. I can do this. I don't quit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like a simple analogy. I mean, who would think that through like a soccer program, but like he had us doing things that, uh, that I, I couldn't, mo- most high school soccer teams weren't doing right. Like running like ultra marathons right. and things of that nature until, you know, our feet bled type of thing. But we, we did it as a team and we, we moved. And so like, I think about him and although he wasn't a Christian man, like there's aspects of him that I want to emulate, like how, how do I teach my, my son uh, more and more what it means to be a man, Yeah, but be a, a, a man that uh, honors the Lord, right? stands up for what is right, you know, um, who is, uh, who is, who is courageous. Yeah. What does that look like? Right. Um, and so, so yeah, so I, part of that I, I can get all truth is God's truth. I can I can get part of that from from a man that you know really pushed us to our brink in in, in high school. So so yeah, I think I think you know we can we can uh, learn things from the examples in our lives, and we definitely need to be that example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you think? I mean, it's hard to narrow to one, but are there one or two big challenges that you see? in your role, particularly for like the young adults that you're working with, college students who are sort of moving into adulthood, are, are there one or two specific things that you know, either concern you or that you that they're kind of uh, burdened by that, that you see consistently? Yeah, I mean, like I'll go back to go back to this um, again and again. I think um, a lot of the successes and failures happen uh, in a in a in a kid's life, uh, due to either successes or failures in the family. So there's, we can get into statistics all day, but if uh, if a father is not leading his home, um, it has a direct impact on the kid. Yeah. And the thing is, is is what I'm finding as I'm speaking to to dads is that dads want, particularly Christian fathers. They want to do right. They want to lead their family, but they'll say, I just don't know how. Yeah. Like, how do I do this? Like, I want to be able to, to lead a time of, you know, a devotion with my family, but I don't even know where to start. I don't even read the Bible myself. So how am I supposed to lead my family in the Bible? And, uh, and that's a great place to start in asking the question. So, um, so I, I would say that um, it a lot of the things that we see, whether successes or failures, is, is happening within the home. And that's where I'm, I'm finding um, a lot of my thoughts and efforts wanting to go toward in helping young people is helping their helping particularly their fathers and and, um, and you know, leading well in, yeah. in their home. And then what about? the i mean not specifically the interns you see but when they get to that college age and they're sort of on the the brink of a new phase uh, what, what are you seeing with that group in particular i don't know uh <laughs> exactly i have a lot of thoughts on college <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's, uh, take out the education piece yeah but it but it definitely plays a role right and so um w- they, I, I guess like 
again with with college students they're they're so they're so moldable um, in a good way and um, thankfully the the colleges that we that we work with uh, for our internships and things of that nature have high drive in wanting to you know uh, honor the Lord in, in what they're doing otherwise they wouldn't give up like their summers to come be with us um, but at the same time too like I would say the the overarching thing is like the struggle between culture what is what is how to how to honor the Lord in culture mm. and should Christians be impacting culture and uh, it's really like a a fight for for words as well even within the church like what is love things like that that they're that they're struggling with um, and it seems to me like each season uh, each year has a different struggle of its own yeah. um, so I think uh, this year sorry to interrupt I think this year one of the things that they shared with me during one of our sessions was, and it was pretty universal. It was just like search for community. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really interesting. We were at the, at the moment we were in a community, but they were talking about sort of finding a, a consistent community that they could be free of judgment. They could be free, free to grow that, you know, they could have like-minded you know, conversations. So that was one thing I heard this year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting too, like they're, they don't feel like they're a part of a community and they're the generation that was born uh, that doesn't know life without the iPhone. Right. And so you, you think about like the most connected generation to the world, right. uh, I'd say access. Sure. But also a generation that feels like the most alone. Yeah. Um, why is that? Why is that? Like why, why in a world of what? six and a half seven billion people i don't know if it's gone up since last time i looked but like you can feel like you're alone yeah and i think it has everything to do with worldview um i think it has everything to do with our priorities um what have we what do we expect out of out of young people and you you better go to college you better get a great job you better do sports you better you know um do this or do that and are we are our expectations for them? Do they need to be shifted a little bit? Sure. Um, it's always a, a great question to ask. So that we're not sort of trending to, and not that we're being negative, but trending towards challenges. Like you're around um, a lot of young people through gathering place, working the summer. What what can we be encouraged about? Because, the, and this is a it's funny you can find these quotes like in every decade back to like Socrates or something, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like basically the young people are going to ruin the world and there's no hope for the future. Yeah, like it goes. But I mean, they've said it is for forever, forever, right? So, uh, but but there are so so we still have this this um, a lot of older people have these thoughts and adults have these thoughts now of like jeepers, look at what's coming next and like the world's going to crap because these people are going to be leading next and. How, what are you encouraged by when you sit down with your, your interns or just college students in general? Yeah. So I, I actually, I, I, I don't, I, I think that generation Z is, is actually a very positive generation. Like there's a lot to look forward to in this generation. I mean, Barna has a lot of um, uh, statistics on this generation, um, particularly um, the fact that they love spending time with their parents and their grandparents 
and they are understanding what it means to be fiscally responsible. And they are kind of putting a damper, which is, I say a good, a, a good they're, they're, they're putting unreasonable cultural mandates that have been put upon them um, in their right place, meaning we're just going to make fun of those things and we're not going to do them, right? right? So I have a, a lot of hope in that. Um, so, But particularly the fact that they love spending time within the family, and the family is an institute in which the Lord has designed, has put together, that is of the Lord, and that's where everything hinges. Yeah. Um, and so there is a a great need to have strong families. Um, so I, I would say that that would be a, a very positive thing about this about this generation. Now, you, you know, I, I, the antithesis antithesis to that is that they're also probably um, more uh, atheistic than any other generation, mm. um, and so. As it relates to right and wrong, you know, they tend to think that that's subjective right? other than objective. And so there's still some work to do. Um, the gospel is needed, and it will be needed till the day of the return of Jesus Christ, yeah. right? And so we continue to preach the good news. We continue to share of what Christ has done and how Christ has, um, has paid for sins for all of those who are his and how he's given new life. Um, and with that new life comes uh, responsibilities and comes um, abilities to make great decisions that honor him in faith. And so, um, so there's, there's definitely truth uh, that, that we're still uh, pressing in on these young people. Um, so it's, it's exciting to see. Yeah. Uh, one, one more question, Jimmy, to, to wrap up. I know you're increasingly passionate about, you, you've mentioned several times, is the impact of the family and especially the role of the fathers in the family. Um, any encouragement that you'd like to share specifically for um, fathers who desire to lead and lead well? Absolutely, absolutely. Just take the first step. Like, it does not have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have everything aligned. You don't have to have everything right. Just take the first step. Read a scripture verse to your family. Go get a book on Amazon. Um, and I'm sure like if, if you know, it, the, the Purpose Project would be a great, a, a great, <laughs> great book for you to get. Um, and just read that. And it could be seven minutes spent with your kids in the morning. Yeah. And it'll, it'll do wonders. How about this as a novel idea? How about have a worship time? When's the last time that your kids have actually heard you sing? You don't have to be a great artist, a great singer. They will look to you and they'll hear your voice and they will see the Lord in and through you. Um, in fact, it's a mandate that we would that, that we would sing. We were just doing a, a verse in Colossians uh, in our church. In Colossians 3, where you're to sing to the Lord with all psalms, uh, in, in, in all songs. And so it expresses that their dad has joy in the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so again, in a culture that doesn't say, Oh, it's manly to do that. It is absolutely manly 
See, in fact, like I get off on a tangent. One of the things that still gives me chills is um, when I was growing up, there was a uh, thing called Promise Keepers that we go to. And when we would sing um, doxology at the Promise Keepers, 20,000 strong, deep voices. Yeah. It gives me chills, yeah. man. I'm like, this is men. This is this is an <laughs> army of the Lord. This yeah. is this is people who are who can can lead in the faith. It gives me confidence. Um, and so I would just say to to dads, don't sweat that you're not perfect. Don't sweat that your kids will, especially if they're little, will be fidgeting around. Get them yeah. used to it, and just do it. Yeah. All right, James, Jimmy, Jimmy Gunderman, thanks for joining us on. Uh, First episode back for Extraordinary Joes. And uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me.